FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Sunday Mass readings, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Welcome to the final episode of season seven. Insert fireworks here. <laughs> yes. Sad and also um, blessed. You know, blessed. I've, I've, yeah. I've learned a lot. It, I can't, I must admit that this series, one of the best, absolutely, but it is really hard not doing the gospel. Yeah. Like having to focus on the second reading has been, like on the first reading or second reading, has been certainly a big challenge for me. Because there's no continuity like there is with the gospel, you mm-hmm. know, like continues, goes from, from the book of Revelations to Corinthians and things like that. So, But I must admit, I love how it's kind of connected to that weekly gospel. Yeah. Because when you get to Mass and you hear it all in context, it's like, oh, I get those connections. Yes. I'm just yeah. glad we survived the book of Revelations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one episode where I literally said nothing. It was wonderful. <laughs> and Justine's back. Your voice is here. It's it so is good to have you back this cough week. Spicy has passed. So Excellent. So made it out alive. <laughs> well, uh, well, it's good to have you all here. And this is, um, uh, although it is our final episode, we it is certainly not our final episode in a sense. It's the final episode of the season, but we will have another season with uh, one wonderful supri- surprises and some wonderful news which we'll share with you a little bit later for those of you who stay tuned. But this is the purpose of this podcast is always to help people encounter the Mass so that you can go to Mass and know more than the priest. <laughs> well, I, I bet you a lot of people would go to Mass knowing, having prepared, in a sense, a lot. Because we put in, like, if I put in an hour or, or two hours for preparation, and you do too, we have, like, six hours of preparations <laughs> in 40 minutes. But it's amazing that I can still turn up to Sunday Mass and be like, oh, <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> Where did I hear that before? I think I've heard this. <laughs> the human uh, experience is quite unique and special. But it's the feast this week, uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi. Oh, my favourite of the whole year. Can, can I just share a story of Corpus yes. Christi? I can't tell. I know, I'm okay. probably, probably inappropriate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but this is a big feast in Malta. Like huge, where like everything shuts down, like the, the streets shut down, and there's the each parish has this huge procession with the blessed sacrament, and people bring out the animals and they bring out their their, their even their furniture, everything to bless. <laughs> <laughs> they just want Jesus to bless things, and apparently there was a, this procession in one particular village, and they were going through this village, and all of a sudden the police that were escorting the blessed sacrament stopped, and they all of a sudden were knocking at this woman's house. And so apparently um, her, son, her son went on holiday and said, Mom, can you please look after my plants, water my plants, whatever, oh when, no. I, <laughs> when oh. I go. And what happened was, Josh is still confused. I think you guys have figured it out. <laughs> what happened was that when he went out, when he went, th- um, this woman br- brought out the plants for Jesus to bless them, but they were marijuana plants, which were illegal in Malta. But yeah, exactly, she just wanted to Jesus to bless us and plants. <laughs> but anyway, so the, I don't know. That's why, but it's amazing. Now I'm going to be thinking of that at the feast. Thank you for ruining it. No, it's all good. <laughs> but anyway, that Jesus blesses all plants. <laughs> but a question for you, even as we, we begin. Here's a, a tri- um, question just for your interest. What is the worst gift you ever received? 
<laughs> birthday gift, Christmas gift or Dear something. Dear my family and friends, I love you all. Sorry about this. Amen. Bye. <laughs> I will say the worst, it's so cringy. The worst gift I've ever received was from my ex-boyfriend on Valentine's Day. He got his mum to make me this like collage gift, like with our photos in it. And I was just like, oh, no. your mum made Oh wow! Oh wow! That's a gift that I would probably put together for. Oh my god! I honestly contemplated breaking up. I just had this dilemma. (laughs) I was talking to my best friend. I was like, "His mom made it. I don't know if I can do this." Because that means what else is his mom going to make in the future? You know, like (laughs) there's a reason why it's in the past. Oh wow! How about you? Well, as he was talking about the marijuana plant story, no, no, it's not marijuana, but the color green. Something came to my mind. I think my 18th birthday, someone gave me this green handbag, but it was ugly, like oh, no. really ugly. And I can say this because this person's not going to be listening to the podcast. I haven't spoken to them since high school. But oh. if you are, hello, <laughs> <hi>. <laughs> But it was this ugly green handbag that, yeah... Yeah, you can give it to my mum. Pretty much to the bin. She would love. She would love to re-give that. (laughs) Well, I think the worst gifts I always the disappointing is like um, when an auntie or something comes with this box and you know it's like a Ferrero Rocher (laughs) (laughs) box of chocolates. Like, why bother wrapping it? Uh, I just it's nothing worse feeling than knowing like you're unwrapping a box of 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 roses (laughs) or Ferrero Rocher. But I had an auntie who always gave me that. But one day. It was a nice surprise. Like it wasn't Ferrero, but it was. It was one of those Dove soaps, oh. <laughs> but singularly wrapped. You know, usually you get three in a box at least. But she gave me one. She <laughs> opened the three bag <laughs> and distributed for them each of the grandchildren of the it. of the nieces and Justine, nephews. we'll have to wrap up some chocolates at the end of the season and give them to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can do an well, unboxing. If, if I can guess what they are, they probably will stay wrapped <laughs> for a regift. I love it. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so let's um, hear from our sponsors. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. So this week's second reading is from the first book of Corinthians. It's chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We hear those words every Sunday, every day, every Eucharist. We hear that um, this is actually what the priest is repeating, repeating these these words, which are also a repetition of the red letter words of Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, the words he himself said at the Last Supper. So very, a very powerful quote, a very powerful and 
full of theology. Mm. These uh, these words, and I, we, you mentioned at the beginning the mass. Uh, sort of, we, we talk about the mass course as well, the course we have, and each one of these pieces is explained. It's just so full. Um, so so full of meaning. Yeah, but I guess why is Paul bringing these words um, into this passage, into this letter to the Corinthians? It's because there's some liturgical problems kind of happening in the community of the Corinthians. So they were regularly celebrating kind of like a potluck supper or like a, a love feast along with the Eucharist. So this because uh, I, I didn't know what potluck was <laughs> until you mentioned it. It's, I wouldn't even It's a BYO. That a, R- bring a bring a plate. With food on it. Not yeah, just but the, I'm, I'm interested to know if like Americans, you know what potluck is, or maybe you invented it. I don't know. The I Americans, not you, word. no, the Americans no. invented oh, okay. it. So I'm wondering. Yeah. No, I feel like it is an American term because I see it on social media. Okay, so potluck. But I wouldn't call it a potluck. I would just call it a BYO. Bring a plate. We digress. Sorry. So the Eucharist used to be like yeah, they used to so bring the this. Yeah, so the Corinthians were kind of turning it into this big thing, and they were completely missing the point. So what Paul was doing in in this passage is reminding them that hey, this this um celebration of the Eucharist was instituted by Jesus Himself, and when we're treating it like this, we're actually doing a dishonor to God. Yeah. So it's be, it's become like a plain uh, sort of the, the the there are two parts of the Eucharist. There's the the horizontal, which is the the fellowship. And then there's the trans- uh, transcendent, okay? Mm-hmm. So they're going up to heaven, so that's... And sort of they've missed out that whole point and it just became about this fellowship. Yeah. And how they got it so wrong, I think, is because at the time, and this is something I learned, obviously the churches w- didn't exist early on. So, um, you know, church happened in homes and obviously poor didn't have homes. It was the rich who had homes. And I suppose any time that you put something supernatural in the hands of man we have this real bad habit of making it human yes and and ruining it sometimes so we rather we go down a slippery slope of the human experience that sort of at times steps us further and further away from a supernatural reality i think that's what they were doing so um if it was being hosted this eucharistic celebration hosted in the homes of the rich which meant that the poor didn't always have access to it or they'd indulge in the food before the poor got there and so then it caused this division um within the eucharist which is communion (laughs) which is you know, supposed to Jesus died for all for communion, exactly for, communion. for, for unity, and it was bringing yeah. this unity. And yeah. so, this, there's, and then St. Paul coming and saying, Hey guys, hold on, you're missing the whole point here, you're getting it wrong. Come back to the red letters, yes, come back to that experience of, of an encounter of Jesus, of Jesus feeding us. It's not about, yeah, um, sort of um, a, a club, yes, of, of, the, of the blessed, yeah, here. yeah. And we actually, you, um, the whole kind of smackdown <laughs> that's coming from um, Paul takes place in verses seventeen to twenty-two. So you oh, know we only we only hear um, this sort of reiteration of, of the words that Jesus spoke. But if you just rewind a little bit and read contextually the few verses beforehand, you'll read that um, basically Paul is saying, "What have you done? <laughs> mm-hmm. You've completely lost the plot. You've completely abused what was instituted by Christ. Pull your head in." Mm. And he's bringing them back to what was happening that night when Jesus did institute the Eucharist. <laughs> Sorry, the dog is playing with oh a soft God. toy. And it's <laughs> so noisy. Oh, I don't know if you're hearing all the noises, but there are noises and smells coming from it at the moment. It's not We're the blessed. oral side, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Sorry, back, back to, to theology. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, no. Um, so... When he's saying, do this in remembrance of me, basically what what Jesus is saying here is that the Jewish Passover, 
has now become the Christian Passover. So if we head back to the Old Testament, you know, I love my Old Testament connections. The book of Deuteronomy speaks about how the Passover meal is an important remembrance of the day that the Israelites left Egypt. So in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 16, it says that you may remember as long as you live the day you left the land of Egypt. And so what Paul's insisting here is that the continuation of Jesus' sacrificial meal, which was intended by Jesus himself, just like the Passover was, was celebrated to remember the saving events that happened in Egypt. But now we're remembering Jesus himself. Um, so while the Jews' memorial represents the mystery of deliverance out of Egypt, the celebration of the Eucharist now represents this Christian exodus. So it's kind of exciting i love all this stuff <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so we come to this place now where the sacrifice jesus becomes a sacrifice so again even to come back to the point of, of serving the poor this is what it is and the sacrifice was for poverty it was for for the stripping of self to be able to embrace the cross and eventually i think the church did recognize this i think we've lost it a bit one of the things that one of the things that used to happen during mass at every mass was the offertory now the offertory became is, is very dignified now we bring up a pattern that is made of gold and some glass cruets and we process up with this beautiful stuff but it wasn't so before the offertory was was chickens and um zucchinis and and uh, pumpkins and and broccoli and they would bring it from their farm than tobacco and they bring it from their farm and they would take it and they'd walk up and give it to the priest and eventually, that's why we have the um, sort of the, the ritual of washing of the hands of the priest. But um, it, 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 what would happen is the priest would take them, take this chook that is still alive, this chicken that's still alive, he'd hand it to the deacons. What would the deacons do? The deacons would immediately take those, take the food and go out to the poor, wow. go straight to the poor to give it to the poor. Now, some was kept for the presbytery, some was kept, I know, but... The rest was given out to the poor. So the deacons wouldn't even stay for that mass. They'd go out straight to the poor because they were being Eucharist while we were receiving the Eucharist. Wow. I've wow. never heard that before. Yeah. So this is uh, one of the, the calls as well that, that St. Paul was saying, hey, this is where we should come. So there was, there seemed to be have a response to what Paul is saying in the praxis of the church. Mm. Eventually that became less practical. It became less possible. And so we have collections instead. And we give to the poor that way mm -hmm. because it's difficult to give away a live chicken maybe to your next door neighbor to someone who's on the street. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to take me a while to unsee the next offertory. I know, like I'm just going to see chickens in my brain. But, but people would bring it, but they wouldn't only bring their food. They'd bring their first fruit, the first fruit. So oh. the best asparagus, mm. the best pumpkin, the nicest looking chicken, wow. the sort of the, a calf that was the wow. best. Now, not all things were processed in. Like if you're going to give, a, I suppose, um, a, a cow or something, you're not going to bring that in. But there were pe people would give their first fruit the wow. best of what they had, the best produce. Isn't that incredible? Like if that is um, a metaphor for what happens in our heart, yeah. what could slash I might use the word should be happening in our heart, like bringing our first fruits to God in mass, like bringing the best that we can, which isn't perfect, doesn't have to be expensive, but just bringing the best of, of, our, of our heart, our willingness, our desire, even though we may have failed. It's like in that moment, I think that's just an exceptionally beautiful image of a disposition of heart and, and our heart's attention yeah. at that point in mass. And uh, I think this is one of the opportunities the church gives us is, is not only the offertory, but the, the collection. Mm. 
Mm. Now, many people see this uh, as a church asking for money. The church, it's, it's not, not, the church cannot run. Most churches, anyway, cannot run with what is given in the basket. But it's, sometimes we give what is of overflow, what we have left over in our pockets, when it should hurt. It should be the first fruit. It should be our first paycheck, in a sense. Yeah, it should yeah. be our first... Um, something that hurts, it, uh, that costs us something, uh, just as much as that chicken costs someone something, yeah. that cow costs someone something, that asparagus, that pumpkin, it should cost us something. Yeah. And it's an act of worship. Mm. You see, this is what uh, the offertory is, an act of worship. And part of the offertory is the offering of our first fruits, and that includes monetary um, and, and our own resources. Yeah, I was just going to say, we often think of that as like the halfway point. Like if you ever go with family, like <laughs> that's the point where they'll, they'll okay. tap you on the shoulder and they'll whisper something to you or yeah. um, it's the time to kind of chat. But not really, it can be this really beautiful moment because as we prepare for Christ to give himself to us, totally in the Eucharist, we can give ourselves to him in that moment as well. Yeah, yes. I think that really um, sort of is a great segue to just another observation you'll see how that's a pun uh, in a second, um, is that at every point in the Mass, we are invited to not be an observer. Like we're not meant to just be um, observing something happening during Mass. You know, the whole gestures of sit, stand, kneel, sit, stand, kneel can sometimes lead us to a place where we are just kind of doing it because that's just what we do or we just start to observe. But sometimes Mass can become that because... That's what I reduce it to. Um, but we're not meant to just kind of merely look look at mass happening there or sit while mass happens around us, you know, and just get up at the right times. Um, but we are in the mass, we're actually in the mass and in communion, participating in the mass. And I love that recalling our early Christian brothers and sisters is actually this imagery we're talking about is really um, emphasizing yeah. that that point to me and and it, that it costs us something with our mm. participation participation is meant to cost you something yes. even it's a verbal response it costs yes. you something because you want to stay still yeah it costs you something to do your catholic aerobics your stance <laughs> yeah, kneeling yeah. it costs you because it, it involves you a gesture but it also costs as well to bring part of your life mm. not to just to just to bring what you what costs you nothing totally and i think even just thinking about the people who perhaps are the only one in their family to have a faith and going to mass can cost you yes. or making sunday mass a priority can cost you something um you know whether your your family makes comments about it or they don't fully understand why you have to go to this church thing all the time like that act of just turning up to mass can be this real life wholehearted sort of sacrifice mm. um but but gift to god as well yes and what a privilege though it is for us to be able to go there to share in that and participate in this eucharist you know even as i was talking about this we go today in 2022 and we're celebrating the eucharist but generations before us have gone and it's cost them and mm. generations before that and the greatest cost was the first eucharist you see it's where, yeah. where jesus at the last supper which was he's laying down his life at that point is saying i'm committing to die for you to pour be poured out for you to die to let my blood be poured out and my body be poured out for you so just as much as it cost jesus it needs to it has costed every generation mm -hmm. and you talk about the costing of generation we don't really know now i was just for example 
um, in a parish at the moment, we're building a, a, a lab, a warehouse, where we're going to start celebrating online masses. And, and as a ministry, we're going to have our own film studio, God willing. And thank you to our ministry partners. Thank you to our donors who are making this possible. Mm-hmm. But I'm going through sort of... I'm um, trying to find like missiles because they're really expensive, mm. you know, like to buy a missile is like 400, 500 bucks to, to get uh, the cloths for the altar. And some things I've found, some things I haven't, but a lot of the things that I've found are from churches that have closed down, like small chapels and other churches that have fall, um, closed down due to a lack of people. But when I'm looking for these chalices and things, I'm seeing photos. I'm seeing photos wow. of people who were digging trenches to build the foundations of these these churches, people who laid down everything, pu- invested their own money to, gave their own property for the churches to be built in. Mm-hmm. And, and they gave, it cost them everything to build that community, to build that church. Mm-hmm. And so that's also part of the Eucharist as well, that place where now it, it, it's cost them because it, 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 it's their life. Mm-hmm. And because it costs them, they own it in a sense, they own it in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And they participate with all of their hearts. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, who are you doing this for? Like, you kind of, you don't um, give into the point of hurting for just anyone, but ultimately it's for Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Like, and there, are, I just need to remind myself every minute of every day of the gravity of that. Like, there are so many people, and I just even know my parents who have served the church faithfully for so many years and sometimes in situations where it wasn't appreciated, but they they were faithful in that. Why not for each other? Not because it's a nice thing to do, though it is, but it was for their love of Mm. Jesus Christ. That's it. I was just going to add in there as well that that participating in the Eucharist, it's the the best thing that the church can do until Jesus comes again because... Mm. The Eucharist, it's not merely the presence of the body and blood of Jesus, but it's a formal representation of his death. I always like to imagine, I feel like there's this image when the priest's holding up the host and it's got Jesus crucified above the top of the altar. That's literally what's happening at every Mass. Um, And so when we say our mystery of faith, we proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes again. So while we are waiting to see Jesus face to face, we have access to his real presence in the sacrament in the meantime. And that is just an amazing thing. And that gives us the strength to become the sacrament, to become um, the Eucharist in the world. Encounter by FRG Ministry presents our online subscription package. As a member, you will receive digital on-demand access to Encounter's growing library of online courses. Encounter and Encounter Youth online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. Current titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Introduction to the Bible, The Mass and more, with new courses being added regularly. All Encounter courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics, and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards, and wallpapers. These courses are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. All Encounter Youth courses include teaching videos, interactive student and teacher PDFs with lesson plans, and guided prayer and reflection. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to www.encountercourses.com slash subscription. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Encounter Courses.
<laughs> final reality check of the season. Um, speaking of going to mass, I feel like there's some there's times when you go to mass and you're on fire, right? Like you're on fire for your faith <laughs> and you're hanging on to every single word and and thing that's happening. But a lot of the time, maybe a l- most of the time, we're kind of distracted and our minds are at all these are, are in all these different places. And so um, we're going to talk about that today. Break open this theme of distracted and how we can connect with the mass a little better. I, I, even as a priest, I get distracted, but I get distracted, I think, in different ways. Sometimes I see something and I get distracted, and then when I get distracted, then I'm lost because I'm just thinking, <laughs> oh my goodness, did I pray the consecration? Did I live? Oh my God. And, this, no. and this happens really badly, like when, when I'm celebrating like three or four masses in a row mm. yeah. because I'm celebrating the mass and I'm thinking, wait, hold on, did I give the homily or did, did I give it in the last mass? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I can see that happening. That's tricky. God bless all the priests of the world. <laughs> yeah, so, so, but it usually happens when I'm distracted, like when I, which because I'm a human being, we do get distracted, mm-hmm. but how can we combat these distractions when we are at mass? And I think there are certain things that we can do, and we'll talk about this, certain things that we can do to minimize these distractions and to allow us to focus and to get the most out of every Eucharist. Yeah, and I think we're going to all speak with authority over these practical (laughs) tips because we can all relate to them. Um, The first way I kind of, one of the tips I I would present would be, um, you know, when you are going to do a workout, most of the time you don't just wake up and then go for a 5k run in your pajamas like there's a process that happens beforehand of getting dressed of warming up so that you're ready to you know hit the pavement uh, and go for your run I think the same goes for mass that there's a bit of a warm-up before you walk through before you park your car or rock up to the doors of the church and I think um my parents used to do this when we were kids um whether it was successful or not all the time because we were annoying kids was just whether it's in the car or whether you're walking to mass or riding to mass or however you get to mass just um mentally preparing for mass by creating silence creating space to just take a breath to turn off the radio to turn off your phone um not call people on your way but just turn it all off and just stop pause for a little while and create the space um and then i think in that space perhaps think about well what intentions do i want to bring to mass is there someone i want to pray for is there a particular intention i want to offer before the lord um Or just pray a prayer like, all right, God, like um, I just pray for one thing. What's that one thing that you want me to hear in mass and may I not be distracted (laughs) when you want want me to hear it? So that's my tip number one. I love that tip. Tip number two for me is learn and understand what is actually happening at the mass. Now, we just heard from one of our sponsors, Encounter Courses, and we have this incredible course called The Mass where we break open every action, gesture, every prayer there is meaning behind all of that um and it's really incredible once you kind of start to learn what's going on and we heard a little bit about that before about the offertory um yeah it's just amazing and so if you can take the time to learn about the mass it's really going to transform the way that you experience every single time you go to mass and a little tip with that maybe focus on one of those things that you learn each week like i find myself thinking of one thing maybe what's happening in the opening prayer and the next week oh the sign of the cross like Mm-hmm. there's just so much to learn and it's it's amazing so check that out encountercourses.com forward slash the mass beautiful and then the third one i think is all connects with justine's as well and with Alyssa's. it's about being prepared especially if you have family this is an all for families okay families 
I have the greatest admiration. You see, I have a, we have parishioners that come in with kids and sometimes two, sometimes five, sometimes there's a family with eight kids and they're all young kids and usually the ones with eight kids are the best behaved. <laughs> they're better behaved. It's usually the one or two that uh, f- find it more difficult. But, you see, I can tell as well when somehow families prepare like they come together they come with missiles and they come with um with some toys not noisy toys like uh, um, cooper has now the squeaky toys and (laughs) um comes uh, come in a sense come prepared um and when we come prepared then you're able to have less distractions from the kids and and sort of don't need to run after them to take now if they do run away i've had we have every week i have a a child or two running towards the sanctuary or or i stand up at the um, to celebrate the eucharist and there's a child sitting on my chair (laughs) that's fine (laughs) special guests (laughs) children screaming welcome you're welcome you're welcome your screaming is welcome your crying (laughs) is welcome climbing on the chair that's fine we're just so grateful Mm -hmm. you're there so grateful you got there so grateful that you made the effort so uh, i mean this is in no way just saying that you need to be more prepared but more in a sense that if you really want to focus putting in that uh, that um, sort of uh, even the fact that you the kids dress their sunday best you know for they themselves will know that this is something special Mm -hmm. this is something extraordinary Mm -hmm. And I don't think that uh, the Sunday best just has to ap- apply to children. Like sometimes it, it is worth, you know, a worthy tip for me of just reminding myself externally, like this is special. This isn't just ordinary. But if I don't have the best clothes or whatever, that also doesn't matter. Yes. It's about your disposition of heart. Exactly. And sometimes when we can, external reminders are good. Um, I think we can also prepare for Mass by perhaps reading the readings before... Catholic Influencers Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking notes in the homily as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd be intimidated if someone pulled out some notes and started just on writing. Your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Stop playing with your phone. Yeah. <laughs> a feathered ink pen. <laughs> and then just taking notes. Even reading along. Yeah. <laughs> reading along with the readings. Like there's a great app, Universalis, that I like to use. I always get the, the looks from from the, the older generation thinking I'm texting, but no, I'm actually reading along because it sinks in my head better mm. yes. if I can read the words at the same time. So following along with a missile with mm. Universalis, the app as well, that's um, so important. Again, I suggest one more thing as well. Try and go to Mass occasionally during the week. Not instead of Sunday, but uh, in addition mm-hmm. to Sunday. Because that gives you another and new experience of the Mass. The audience, the demographic there is different. The audience is different. The way people respond to prayers is different. And even the, the, the whole feeling of a Mass is like you, you're looking at the Mass from a whole new perspective, which is a beautiful perspective. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. worth looking at. I was going to add one more thing. Um, I think we can do all of these things. We can go to that daily mass, read the readings beforehand, know the mass, all these things, but we can still be distracted, not to be discouraged about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this really great quote that I think sums it up really well. It's by St. Francis de Sales, and it says this, If the heart wanders or is distracted, bring it back to the point quite gently and replace it tenderly in its master's presence. And even if you did nothing during the whole of your hour, but bring your heart back and place it again in our Lord's presence, though it went away every time you brought it back, your hour would be very well employed. So when you have those distractions, acknowledge them, but bring your mind back to God's presence. That's beautiful, yeah. And so this is uh, beautiful tips as well, which we can use to draw us closer to um, to the Lord in the Mass. And we will get distracted, don't worry. Be easy, t- sort of, in a sense, don't be so hard on yourself. But just get back, come back to, to focus. We just heard in that quote. 
So we've reached the end of our podcast. Is that right? So the end of our season, the end of... Wow. Yeah, season seven. It end is a bit sad. Seven. <laughs> it's been it's so great, guys. It's just been such a privilege, I think, as each episode, as we've recorded each episode and as the season has unfolded and as we've heard stories of people who we've journeyed with. I'm just reminded time again, what a, you know, what an absolute privilege it is to be seated here and to be journeying not just with the two of you but with every single person listening um, whether you're a first timer here or you've listened to every episode um, we feel like family and mm-hmm. it, it's such a privilege to walk this journey towards Jesus together amen yeah. summed it up perfectly well <laughs> <laughs> and it has been it's always uh, and for me one of the things that uh, um, I am privileged to is to be able to share this podcast with two women as well and the reason I say this is because very often um, uh, I I'm a big believer that we need to hear and the, the voice of women and the prophetic voice of women in the church and, and sometimes we as as a church tend to make the gentleman's voices much louder and so it's a, been a, bri- a beautiful privilege as well to listen to God speak through you through this podcast. We have exciting things, we're not going anywhere, we're having a little no, bit no. of a break but we have some exciting things which we'll tell you about very soon. Yes and there are two I think exciting things that are happening for the next episode. One is we are moving to our new studio so we are in the process of acquiring, moving into a new film studio where we won't have a, a dog playing with squeaky toys <laughs> <laughs> and but um, and so we'll move into this place. This is the place we will be filming our Sunday Masses. Also check out, if you haven't seen our Sunday Masses, frgministry.com forward slash mass. But also we'll be filming our, our online courses. And Josh, who's here behind the camera, this will be his Hi his Josh. playground as well, where he um, w- will be able to, to work more efficiently and, and provide a lot of content for you. But here's another uh, exciting thing, is that we have been acquired, acquired? Yeah, by, very formal. Yeah, by a, a huge publishing company called OSV, Our Sunday Visitors. Uh, th- they are one of the biggest publishing companies in the United States and they are going to be, uh, will, th- nothing will change for us, but they will, I think they're, um, they're going to raise us up on a platform and take us to a wider audience. They might add a few ads here and there, just be, be one, not more than we already have, but they also will be part of this journey with us and we're, we're so grateful that they believe in what we're doing yeah. and we're excited as well to, to journey in season eight with OSV. It's going to be amazing, but we're not leaving you empty-handed with content. We will be having a little bit of a break, but we do encourage you to check out the Catholic Influencers Summit, which is this huge online conference we have been very busy putting together for you. The three of us are going to be there. We have some incredible keynote speakers from all around the world. Archbishop Charles Shikluna from Malta, Emily Wilson from the USA. We have Rico Ariafano from Indonesia. Another keynote speaker, you, Father Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Myself, yeah. And but seriously, and, and so awesome. Worship, um, we have Alyssa as well leading the music, the worship, and... Sarah Kroger from the USA. Who, no oh way. My God, I know, right? I actually, to be honest, <laughs> didn't know that. That's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, and some wonderful um, speakers and presenters doing some workshops, great topics. The theme is holiness in the 21st century. So there's so much content, so much for you to learn, um, so many ways for you to grow in your faith. It's a free event. Head to catholicinfluencersummit.org for all the info. It's happening July 21 to, to July 23. And so please don't miss out. We're blessed to have you. Again, also thank you to our um, sponsor as well, Modern Grace. If you like to some uh, cool content as well, some, what do they sell? They sell like bracelets, they sell books. They, they sell, sell great <laughs> Catholic content. Um, it's kind of cool Catholic content. So, yes. Not content, what's the word? 
um, uh, homewares merchandise, and yeah. merchandise and so moderngrace.com.au as well so thank you once again for joining us and god bless you and please do stay in touch go to frgministry.com forward slash podcast god bless you bye, bye.